When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast, where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns, so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. This is the Top 100 Secrets from USMLE Step 2 Secrets, 5th edition. Number 1. Smoking is the number one cause of preventable morbidity and mortality in the United States. For example, atherosclerosis, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Number two, alcohol is the number two cause of preventable morbidity and mortality in the United States. More than half of accidental and intentional deaths involve alcohol. Alcohol is the number one cause of preventable mental disability, fetal alcohol syndrome. It also causes cancer and cirrhosis and is potentially fatal in withdrawal. Number three, in alcoholic hepatitis, the classic ratio of AST to ALT is greater than or equal to two to one, although both may be elevated. Number four, vitamins. Give folate to reproductive age women prior to conception and throughout pregnancy to prevent neural tube defects. Watch for pernicious anemia and treat with vitamin B12 to prevent permanent neurologic deficits. Isoniazid causes pyridoxine or vitamin B6 deficiency. Watch for Wernicke encephalopathy in alcoholics and treat with thiamine to prevent Korsakoff dementia. Consider offering vitamin D supplementation to geriatric adults who are at increased risk of falls or have a history of recurrent falls. Number five, minerals. Iron deficiency anemia is the most common cause of anemia. Think of menstrual loss in reproductive age women and of cancer in men and menopausal women if no other cause is obvious. Number six, vitamin A is a known teratogen. Counsel and treat reproductive age women appropriately. For example, take care in treating acne with the vitamin A analog isotretinoin. Number seven, complications of atherosclerosis. For example, myocardial infarction, heart failure, stroke, and gangrene are involved in roughly one-half of deaths in the United States. The primary risk factors for atherosclerosis are age and sex, family history, cigarette smoking, hypertension, diabetes, high LDL cholesterol, and low HDL cholesterol. Number eight, diabetes leads to macrovascular and microvascular disease. Macrovascular disease includes coronary artery disease, stroke, and peripheral arterial disease, a leading cause of limb amputation. Microvascular disease includes retinopathy, a leading cause of blindness, nephropathy, a leading cause of unstage renal failure, and peripheral neuropathy, both sensory and autonomic. Diabetes also leads to an increased incidence of infections. Number nine, although hypertension is often clinically silent, it can lead to end organ damage such as renal failure, stroke, myocardial infarction, and heart failure. Severe hypertension can lead to acute problems, known as a hypertensive emergency, 
and includes headaches, dizziness, blurry vision, papal edema, cerebral edema, altered mental status, seizures, intracerebral hemorrhage, classically in the basal ganglia, renal failure, angina, pulmonary edema, aortic dissection, myocardial infarction, and or heart failure. Number 10, lifestyle modifications such as diet, exercise, weight loss, the cessation of alcohol and tobacco use may be able to treat the following disorders without the use of medications. Hypertension, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, gastroesophageal reflux disease, insomnia, obesity, and sleep apnea. Number 11, arterial blood gas analysis. In general, pH tells you the primary event, acidosis versus alkalosis, whereas carbon dioxide and bicarbonate values give you the cause. They go the same direction as the pH and suggest any compensation present, the opposite of pH. Number 12, exogenous causes of hyponatremia to keep in mind. Oxytocin, surgery, narcotics, inappropriate intravenous fluid administration, diuretics, and anti-epileptic medications. Number 13, EKG findings in electrolyte disturbances, tall, tented T waves in hyperkalemia, loss of T waves or T wave flattening, and U waves in hypokalemia, QT prolongation in hypocalcemia, QT shortening in hypercalcemia. Number 14, shock. First, give the patient oxygen, start an IV line, and set up monitoring, such as pulse oximetry, EKG, and frequent vital signs. Then give a fluid bolus, 30 milliliters per kilogram of normal saline or lactated ringer solution, if there are no signs of congestive heart failure, such as bibasal or rails, while you try to figure out if the cause, if it's not known. If the patient is not responsive to fluids, start cardiac pressors. Number 15. Virchow triad of deep venous thrombosis includes endothelial damage, for example, from surgery or trauma, venous stasis, for example, from immobilization, surgery, or severe heart failure, and hypercoagulable state, such as malignancy, birth control pills, pregnancy, the lupus anticoagulant, and inherited deficiencies. Number 16, therapy for congestive heart failure includes diuretics, such as furosemide, ACE inhibitors, and beta blockers for stable patients are the mainstays of pharmacologic treatment. Be sure to screen for and address underlying atherosclerotic risk factors such as smoking and hyperlipidemia. Most patients should be on antiplatelet therapy such as aspirin. Number 17, cork pulmonal is right-sided heart enlargement, hypertrophy, or failure due to primary lung disease, usually COPD. The most common cause of right heart failure, however, is left heart failure, not core pulmonal. 18. In patients with atrial fibrillation, assess for an underlying cause with thyroid-stimulating hormone, electrolytes, urine drug screen, and echocardiogram. The main management issues are ventricular rate control. If needed, slow the rate with medications. And atrial clot formation and embolic disease. Consider anticoagulation with warfarin or a novel oral anticoagulant. Number 19, ventricular fibrillation and pulseless ventricular tachycardia are treated with immediate defibrillation followed by epinephrine, vasopressin, amiodarone, and lidocaine. 
If ventricular tachycardia with a pulse is present, treat with amiodarone and synchronized cardioversion. Number 20, obstructive versus restrictive lung disease. The FEV1 to FVC ratio is the most important parameter on pulmonary function testing to distinguish the two. The FEV1 may be the same. In obstructive lung disease, the FEV1 to FVC ratio is less than normal, that is less than 0.7. In restrictive disease, the FEV1 to FEV ratio is often normal. Number 21, the most common type of esophageal cancer in the United States is is adenocarcinoma, occurring as a result of long-standing reflux disease and the development of Barrett esophagus. Smoking and alcohol abuse contribute to the development of squamous cell carcinoma, the second most common histologic type of esophageal cancer. Number 22, all gastric ulcers must be biopsied or followed to resolution to exclude malignancy. Number 23, testing a nasogastric tube aspirate for blood is the best initial test to distinguish an upper from a lower GI bleed, although bright red blood via mouth or anus is a fairly reliable sign of a nearby bleeding source. Number 24, irritable bowel syndrome is one of the most common causes of GI complaints. Physical exam and diagnostic studies are by definition negative. This is a diagnosis of exclusion. The classic patient is a young adult female with a chronic history of alternating constipation and diarrhea. Crohn's disease versus ulcerative colitis. Place of origin is the distal ileum or proximal colon in Crohn's disease and the rectum in ulcerative colitis. The thickness of the pathology is transmural in Crohn's disease and mucosa and submucosa only in ulcerative colitis. Progression is irregular skip lesions in Crohn's disease and proximal continuous from the rectum with no skipped areas in ulcerative colitis. The location is from mouth to anus in Crohn's disease, and it involves only the colon and rarely extends to the ileum in ulcerative colitis. Bowel habit changes, obstruction and abdominal pain in Crohn's disease, and bloody diarrhea in ulcerative colitis. The classic lesions are fistulas and abscesses, cobblestoning, and a string sign on barium x-ray in Crohn's disease. The classic lesions are pseudopolyps, lead pipe colon colon on barium x-ray, and toxic megacolon in ulcerative colitis. The colon cancer risk is slightly increased in Crohn's disease and markedly increased in ulcerative colitis. Surgery is not indicated for Crohn's disease and may make it worse. Surgery is indicated for ulcerative colitis and is usually a proctocolectomy with ileoanal anastomosis. Number 26, all forms of viral hepatitis can present similarly in the acute stage. Serology testing and history are needed to distinguish them. Hepatitis B, C, and D are transmitted parenterally and can lead to chronic infection, cirrhosis, and hepatocellular carcinoma. Number 27, hereditary hemochromatosis is currently the most common known genetic disease in white people. The initial symptoms, fatigue, and impotence are nonspecific, but patients often have hepatomegaly, skin pigmentation changes called bronze diabetes, and diabetes mellitus. Initial tests include transferrin saturation, that is serum iron to total iron binding capacity, 
and a ferritin level. Treat with phlebotomy after confirming the diagnosis with genetic testing and liver biopsy. Number 28, the sequelae of liver failure are coagulopathy that cannot be fixed with vitamin K, thrombocytopenia, jaundice and hyperbilirubinemia, hypoalbuminemia, ascites, portal hypertension, hyperammonemia and encephalopathy, hypoglycemia, DIC, and renal failure. Number 29, pancreatitis is usually due to alcohol or gallstones. Patient pre- patients present with abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting, and elevated amylase and lipase. Treat supportively and provide pain control. Complications include pseudocyst formation, infection and abscess, and ARDS. Number 30, jaundice and hyperbilirubinemia in neonates is usually physiologic. Only monitoring, follow-up lab tests, and possibly phototherapy are needed. But jaundice present at birth is always pathologic. Number 31, primary versus secondary endocrine disturbances. In primary disorders such as Graves' disease, Hashimoto's, or Addison's disease, the gland malfunctions, but the pituitary or another gland and the central nervous system respond appropriately. For example, thyroid-stimulating hormone, thyrotropin-releasing hormone, or adrenocorticotropic hormone elevates or depresses, as expected, in the setting of a malfunctioning gland. In secondary disorders, for example, adrenocorticotropic hormone-secreting lung carcinoma, heart failure-induced hyperrenanemia, renal failure-induced hyperparathyroidism, the gland itself is doing what it is told to do by other controlling forces, for example, pituitary gland, hypothalamus, the tumor, or the disease. They are the problem, not the gland itself. Number 32, corticosteroid side effects, also known as Cushing syndrome, include weight gain, easy bruising, acne, hirsutism, emotional lability, depression, psychosis, menstrual changes, sexual dysfunction, insomnia, memory loss, buffalo hump, truncal and central obesity with wasting of the extremities, round plethoric facies, purplish skin striae, weakness, especially of the proximal muscles, hypertension, peripheral edema, poor wound healing, glucose intolerance or diabetes, osteoporosis, and hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis due to the mineral corticoid effects of certain corticosteroids. Growth can also be stunted in children. Number 33, osteoarthritis is by far the most common cause of arthritis and usually does not have hot, swollen joints or significant findings if arthrocentesis is performed. Number 34, cancer incidence and mortality in the United States. The overall highest incidence in males is prostate, followed by lung, followed by colon cancer. In females, it is breast cancer, followed by lung cancer, followed by colon cancer. The overall highest mortality rate in males is lung, followed by prostate, followed by colon cancer. In females, it is lung, followed by breast, followed by colon cancer. Number 35, the sequelae of lung cancer include hemoptysis, Horner syndrome, 
superior vena cava syndrome, phrenic nerve involvement and diaphragmatic paralysis, hoarseness from recurrent laryngeal nerve involvement, and perineoplastic syndromes, such as Cushing syndrome, SIADH, hypercalcemia, and Eaton-Lambert syndrome. Number 36, bitemporal hemianopsia, the loss of peripheral vision in both eyes, is due to a space-occupying lesion pushing on the optic chiasm, classically a pituitary tumor, until proven otherwise. Order a CT scan or MRI imaging of the brain. Number 37, potential risks and side effects of estrogen therapy. Include endometrial cancer with unopposed estrogen, therefore it must be given with progesterone in patients with the uterus, hepatic adenomas, glucose intolerance and diabetes, deep venous thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, stroke, cholelithiasis, hypertension, endometrial bleeding, depression, weight gain, nausea and vomiting, headache, drug-drug interactions, teratogenesis, and aggravation of pre-existing uterine lyomyomas, fibroids, breast fibroadenomas, migraines, and epilepsy. The risk of coronary artery disease and breast cancer may be increased with combined estrogen and progesterone therapy. Number 38, the ABCDE characteristics of a mole that should make you suspicious of malignant transformation, including A for asymmetry, B for borders that are irregular, C for color, such as a change in color or multiple colors, D for diameter, the bigger the lesion, the more likely that it is malignant, and E, evolution over time. Do an excisional biopsy of such moles and or if a mole starts to itch or bleed. Number 39, bronchiolitis versus croup versus epiglottitis. The child's age is 0 to 18 months in bronchiolitis, one to two years in croup or acute laryngotracheitis, and two to five years in epiglottitis. How common are they? Bronchiolitis and croup are common. Epiglottitis is not. Common causes? RSV or respiratory syncytial virus causes more than 75% of bronchiolitis, and parainfluenza and influenza are also implicated. In croup, Parainfluenza virus causes 50 to 75% of cases, and influenza is also implicated. In epiglottitis, this can be caused by Haemophilus influenza type B, Staphylococcus species, and Streptococcus species. Symptoms and signs of bronchiolitis include an initial viral URI type symptoms, followed by tachypnea and expiratory wheezing. In croup, initial viral URI symptoms, followed by a barking cough, coarseness, and inspiratory strider. In epiglottitis, there's a rapid progression to high fever, toxicity, drooling, and respiratory distress. X-ray findings. In bronchiolitis, it's hyperinflation. In croup, subglottic tracheal narrowing on the frontal X-ray, the so-called steeple sign. And in epiglottitis, there's a swollen epiglottis on the lateral neck x-ray, producing the so-called thumb sign. Treatment for bronchiolitis is generally supportive with humidified oxygen and suctioning. Treatment of croup is dexamethasone, nebulized racemic epinephrine, and humidified oxygen, 
In the treatment of epiglottitis, you should prepare to establish an airway, give antibiotics such as a third-generation cephalosporin and an anti-staphylococcal agent active against MRSA, such as vancomycin or clindamycin. Number 40, the sequelae of group A streptococcal infection include rheumatic fever, scarlet fever, and post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Only the first two can be prevented by treatment with antibiotics. Number 41, multiple sclerosis should be suspected in any young adult with recurrent varied neurologic symptoms and signs when no other causes are evident. The best diagnostic tests include MRI, which is most sensitive, lumbar puncture, elevated immunoglobulin G oligoclonal bands and myelin basic protein levels, mild elevation in lymphocytes and protein are found on the LP. And finally, evoked potentials, which show slowed conduction through areas with damaged myelin. Number 42, for the unconscious or delirious encephalopathic patient in the emergency department with no signs or history of trauma, consider empiric treatment for hypoglycemia by giving glucose, consider opioid overdose and give naloxone, and thiamine deficiency. Thiamine should be given before glucose in a suspected alcoholic. Other commonly tested causes are alcohol, illicit or prescription drugs, diabetic ketoacidosis, stroke, epilepsy or postictal state, subarachnoid hemorrhage, sepsis, electrolyte imbalance, and other metabolic causes, uremia, hepatic encephalopathy, and hypoxia. Number 43, delirium versus dementia. The onset is acute and dramatic in delirium and chronic and insidious in dementia. Common causes of delirium include illness, toxin, and withdrawal. Common causes of dementia include Alzheimer's disease, multi-infarct dementia, and HIV and AIDS. Delirium is usually reversible, whereas dementia is usually not. Attention is poor in delirium and usually unaffected in dementia, and the arousal level fluctuates in delirium but is normal in dementia. Number 44, always consider the possibility of pregnancy and order pregnancy tests to rule it out unless pregnancy is an impossibility in reproductive age women before advising potentially teratogenic therapies or tests, such as anti-epileptic drugs, x-rays, and CT scans. Pregnancy is in the differential diagnosis of both primary and secondary amenorrhea. Number 45, anaphylaxis is commonly caused by bee stings, food allergy, especially peanuts and shellfish, medications, especially penicillins and sulfa drugs, or rubber glove allergies. Patients become agitated and flushed and shortly after exposure develop itching, urticaria, facial swelling, angioedema, and difficulty breathing. Symptoms develop rapidly and dramatically in true anaphylaxis. Treat immediately by securing the airway. Laryngeal edema may prevent intubation, in which case do a cricothyroidotomy, if needed, and give subcutaneous or intravenous epinephrine. Antihistamines and corticosteroids are not useful for immediate severe reactions that involve the airway. Cancer screening in Asymptomatic adults, colorectal cancer, 
can be screened with multiple different tests. And generally, the age is age 50 and above for all studies. The procedures can include colonoscopy every 10 years or flexible sigmoidoscopy every five years or double contrast barium enema every five years or CT colonography every five years or fecal occult blood testing or fecal immunochemical tests annually or a stool DNA test every three years. Prostate cancer, uh, the procedure is the PSA test um, at the age of 50 and above, although start at age 45 in African-Americans and at age 40 for patients with a first-degree relative diagnosed at an early age. PSA testing has become a bit controversial, so you should have a risk-benefit discussion with appropriate patients. And routine screening uh, is no longer routinely recommended by the United States Preventative Services Task Force. Cervical cancer is screened uh, with pap smear or a pap and an HPV co-test. Screening begins at the age of 21, regardless of sexual activity. If a conventional pap test is used, test every three years from ages 21 to 65. PAP and HPV co-testing should not be used for women less than 30 years old. Test every five years in women 30 to 65 years of age if both the HPV and cytology results are negative. Screening may be stopped after age 65 years with when there's been adequate negative prior screening and no history of CIN2 or higher. Endometrial biopsy can be used for screening for endometrial cancer uh, although there is no recommendation for routine screening in the absence of symptoms. It's only used for abnormal uterine bleeding uh, in women generally 35 and above. Uh, breast cancer can be screened with mammography, usually beginning at the age of 50 and above, although some guidelines vary. Uh, it can be done every one to two years, depending on the guidelines somewhat controversial whether women between 40 and 49 should be screened. Lung uh, cancer can be screened for with a low-dose CT scan. Um, annual CT scanning uh, is somewhat controversial, but may be indicated for smokers and former smokers uh, ages 55 to 74 who have smoked at least 30 pack years. Number 47, uh, there are biostatistic calculations based on two-by-two two tables uh, that you should know. Uh, I'll have to refer you to the book for this piece. Um, but you should know how to calculate sensitivity, specificity, positive predictive value, negative predictive value, odds ratio, relative risk, and attributable risk. Uh, and you really should know what each of those means in addition to being able to calculate them based on a two-by-two two table. Number 48, the p-value reflects the likelihood of making a type 1 error or claiming an effect or difference where none exists. That is, the results were obtained by chance. When we reject the null hypothesis, that is, the hypothesis of no difference, in a trial testing a new treatment, we are saying that the new treatment works. We use the p-value to express our, our confidence in the data. Number 49. Side effects of antipsychotics include acute dystonia, treat with antihistamines or anticholinergics, akathisia, a beta blocker may help, tardive dyskinesia, switching to a newer agent may have benefit, Parkinsonism, 
treat with antihistamines or anticholinergics, neuroleptic malignant syndrome, hyperprolactinemia, which may cause breast discharge, menstrual dysfunction, and or sexual dysfunction, and autonomic nervous system-related effects, such as anticholinergic, antihistamine, and alpha-1 receptor blockade. Number 50, asking about depression and suicidal thoughts or intent is important in the right setting and does not cause people to commit suicide. Hospitalize psychiatric patients against their will if they are a danger to self or others or gravely disabled, that is, unable to care for self. We're going to stop here and in the next session pick up with numbers 51 through 100. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, my publishing company behind USMLE Step 2 Secrets, for allowing us to put out this book in audio format. Please check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at InsideTheBoards.com, including the main Inside the Boards podcast and the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series for question breakdowns and tips on getting through medical school. And with that, we wrap up today's episode of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3, we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast. So I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available. And even if you're studying for Step 2, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies. So please do check it out.